Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we have a crazy story of revenge against the first love. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, getting back in my aunt and boyfriend. I never really thought this was a thing I would have to talk about in my life or in my 20s, but here we are. I'm currently 27 years old, and most of this took place when I was in my early 20s. I think 21 or thereabout. I met this guy. Let's call him Lewis because although it started like a fairy tale, he turned out to be a huge jerk. Anyway, Lewis and I met on a glorified camping trip that my friends and I go to every year as a part of our little way to stay reunited since leaving high school. It was the peak of the summer, and the camping trip was in an area of town that had a lake. So I was always in swimsuits and tiny clothes. His father owned the biggest RV around, as well as the guest house that my friends and I were staying in, so we got really cozy really fast. I discovered that his grandparents were filthy rich, which made him rich by default. He was the hottest man I'd laid eyes on, with a hot tan body that he always left shirtless, straight white teeth and the perfect smile. My friends and I ogled him all the time as did some other fields, but he took interest in me first, which made me very happy. Although I wasn't ugly, I also wasn't exactly the most good-looking girl in a friend group, so it came to me as a surprise. I had not dated a lot, but Lewis was the sweetest person by far. He said all the right things, took me out on the most romantic dates, and to visit all the places that tourists missed out on, and he spent a lot of money on me. I was a gal from a low-slash-average income home, and I usually dated people from the same financial circle, so most of our dates were pretty low income. But this man had more money than he or his family knew what to do with, so he bought anything I wanted as soon as I indicated any sort of interest in it. It was a little strange at first, as I was used to doing things myself, but the more I complained, the more he showered me in gifts. He did it until I finally shut up and agreed to be spoiled by him. I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and by the end of summer, we were already saying I love yous and I even met with his parents for dinner a few nights. They loved me and his mother even gave me a gorgeous necklace that I still have to this day. It felt like we were meant to be, and I was so sure that I'd found the one. His money was only an added advantage to the fact that he was sweet, smart, and incredibly well-mannered. Unfortunately, summer was over before I knew it, and I had to go back to my real life in college. I was so devastated because I wanted our summer relationship to last forever, and I wasn't ready to leave him. On my last night at the campsite, he took me out for a candlelit dinner, and we went on a romantic walk along a bridge. We had the most mind-blowing hookup in his room, and then he gave me a promise ring. It was the sweetest thing, and I felt like I was being proposed to. Somehow, we talked about making it work despite the distance, and I was beyond thrilled. I wasn't ready to end things with him yet. The entire time that we dated virtually, it was filled with phone calls, online hooking up, and he wired me money and surprised me with gifts pretty randomly. I had the good sense to save most of the money, thank God. Nearly three months into our relationship, I got a call from Lewis that he was on his way to see me. 
Naturally, I was elated and I found him a really good hotel to stay in for the two weeks that he would be around. I was so on edge that all of my friends and co-workers noticed that I was expecting something. My best friend and I worked at the animal shelter together at the time and she constantly asked me why I was so happy. I'd been keeping my long distance relationship under wraps from everyone and I wasn't ready to tell her. So I lied and said that I was just in a much better mood lately. I was counting down the days on my calendar with fervent anticipation, hoping and praying that nothing would happen to disrupt my boyfriend and I's plans. I don't know why, but for some reason I felt like I needed to keep him secret from everyone. I spoke in hushed tones, cooped up in one corner of my room whenever I spoke to him. Eventually, my super handsome, super rich boyfriend made his way to my hometown, and I took a few days off of work to just stay with him. All we did at the hotel was eat, hook up a lot, and sleep in. The perfect little mini staycation. We also had a lot of conversations about our future separately, but I could see him in mine. He studied law at Princeton and planned to get a master's degree before he would begin practicing. I studied to be a veterinary doctor at a small college just out of town, but I also did have plans to further my education. It felt like we aligned in all of the right ways. We talked about children, and it turned out that he wanted just as many children as I did, and it all seemed so perfect, him and I, that I started to dream of a future together, marriage and all. Trouble in paradise began when Lewis decided that he wanted to meet my family. A little backstory on my family, I'm an only child, and my parents had me pretty old. My dad was a nurse at the city hospital and had been working there since he was 23. Mom learned to cut hair and had been doing the neighborhood's hair for years while taking care of me. We also lived with my aunt and her husband before he just upped and left and never spoke to the rest of the family again. My aunt said that she didn't know what happened as they were good and we all just let it be. Since she was younger than my much older parents, she always felt more like an older sister figure than anything else. We had a pretty good family dynamic and I loved and adored my parents and aunt as they did me. But there was one major problem. My aunt was a very slim woman with large breasts and she took advantage of it by wearing as little as she could manage. I want you to take a moment to imagine a 40 year old woman wearing the smallest shorts that her backside hung out of and whatever bra she decided to call a top. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That was my Aunt Darcy. My mom loved it when she dressed like that because it supposedly made her feel young by association, but it embarrassed me immensely right from my school days. Considering she attended most of my school events while my parents were busy with work, it was so embarrassing. I tried to talk him out of it, 
telling him that my family was strict, my mother hated men, and my father had a gun. It felt like the more I tried to dissuade him, the more he was determined that he could make my parents love him. In the end, I just came clean that I wasn't exactly ready for him to meet my parents, and he blew up on me. He talked about how I'd met his parents before we even became an item. I tried to explain that we were not from the same kind of background, but he wasn't very understanding and walked out on me. We made up eventually and hooked up to patch it up, but he did not stop insisting on meeting my family. Caught up in the poised coital bliss, I agreed to set a date with my parents within the rest of the week that he would be around. I was a bundle of nerves as I sat my parents down to speak to them about setting the date. My parents were pretty excited, but my Aunt Darcy made a complete fuss, even refusing to eat dinner. I spent the rest of the night convincing her that I was still her little sister or niece and would always adore her. For context, I was 21 years old at the time and living in a whole different city for college. My father also had to promise her a new bag so that she would stop whining, but eventually she did. Fast forward to the night of the date, I had on a gorgeous new dress that he had gotten me, a new pair of high heels, and the necklace his mother gifted me. He wore a suit and picked me up in a rented limo and it felt like prom all over again because who did this? Rented a limo to go and see my girlfriend's family when she met his in jeans and a crop top? It felt magical. Like I'd met the one for me and I was sure we would last a long time. Little did I know that my fairy tale was about to end that night. Okay, that sounds a bit dramatic, but yeah, I should have known that he was a little too good to be true. We arrived at my house and Lewis dove right in, showering my parents in compliments, an expensive bottle of wine and a bracelet for my mother. As usual, Darcy was dressed in one of her smallest dresses and I noticed that she paid a lot of attention to him, a stark contrast to the screaming and crying aunt that I'd spoken to about him barely a week before. I didn't mind it because I was just happy that my family and my boyfriend were getting along well. So well, in fact, that my aunt insisted that he slept over at our place for the night. My wine drunk, happy parents agreed immediately. I tried to object, but they soon looked at me like I was the party pooper. Do you know what it's like for four drunk adults to give you their different versions of the puppy stare? I still shiver at the thought. The next day, I woke up to my father back to work, and my mother away to do some shopping for the house in her salon and my aunt cooking my boyfriend breakfast in an almost see-through negligee. I ignored it because that was who she was. I should have realized that something was wrong when my lovely boyfriend decided on a whim to get a place permanently around us, and even more when my mother offered him the guest room to sleep in until he was able to get his own place. But I was honestly just happy that our relationship was not going to be long distance anymore. When we spoke, he said his father was looking to expand and after spending some time with us and where we lived, there was a lot of good he could do. It made sense and he spoke of our future like it was something he really cared about. It made me anxious to think that far, but he was a very assuring person. Over the next couple of weeks, we lost a few co-workers at the vets and I had to pick up a few extra shifts at work. I assumed that it would also give Lewis time to figure out his moving situation, although it started to feel like we hardly spoke or saw each other anymore. Every time I called, he was busy with work and promised to call back later. He never called back after. I didn't take it to heart because he had never done this before. He must have just been genuinely busy, I assumed. After a while, I decided that I missed him a lot and would drop by my family's home for a weekend or a bit more, just to say hi eat some dinner and spend some time with him. 
When I got there, the doors were open as usual, but the place seemed eerily empty. I walked into the house and heard a familiar sort of grunting from my aunt's bedroom. My initial thought was that it was Darcy being Darcy because she did that a lot when I was in high school, and I walked in on her and her lovers hooking up any and everywhere. But then, my boyfriend's voice echoed through the hallway and into my ears, shocking me. Blindly angry, I stormed in and got an eyeful of my boyfriend's bare butt and my aunt's legs wrapped around his waist. I screamed in shock and they separated from each other, scrambling to find their clothes. I was so shocked that I didn't know what to say at all. I didn't expect it all, not from my aunt of all people. Like, she was 40, old enough to be my mom and she was frolicking with my boyfriend. It took so many weeks of begging, a ton of gifts and monies from both guilty parties, and numerous promises for me to begin talking to my aunt Darcy and Lewis again. I promised to keep their secret safe for my parents, if only they swore to stay away from each other. If you guessed that they didn't, you would be very correct. I don't know what it is he saw in my Aunt Darcy or why she decided to treat my parents terribly, but I knew I couldn't let it slide. I continued to act oblivious to their continuous affair while leaving a small camcorder hidden inside an empty cupboard that faced the bed that they committed their atrocities on. When they weren't around, I would sneak in, change the batteries, and put the camera back. By the day of my parents' 25th marriage anniversary, I had compiled an entire short film Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And I made sure to drink a lot too. Just after my congratulatory speech to my parents, I handed it to the DJ in the corner and took my seat, grinning with satisfaction as the wanton sounds of my aunt and boyfriend hooking up filled the entire room. I walked away from the venue teary-eyed, but feeling very accomplished by what I chose to do. It took quite the toll on me mentally, but with time, I was able to move away from it and get into another relationship and even get married. My parents' relationship with Darcy was never the same. They kicked her out of the house, and I apologized for ruining their party, as it was the only way to expose her. Her husband was my dad's friend, and they had begged him to come. After the whole thing, he had called me to tell me the real reason why all of this had happened. It turned out that Darcy had been doing the same thing to him, but she was sleeping with his boss and his boss's son. Now that was a mess, and I sympathized with him. I knew how that felt. I went back to college to finish my final exams, but I couldn't help but think about how I'd only gotten revenge on my aunt. Lewis needed to be taught a lesson too, I just didn't know how. I considered sending a copy of the tapes I made of him and my aunt to his parents, but I wasn't sure if it would do anything. Rich people often preserve their own until it was very bad, mainly for selfish reasons. Then I got it. To mess with Lewis, I had to mess with his reputation. After my final exams, I did a bit of research on his whereabouts and found out he was in good old LA. I had a friend who graduated college the year before me, and I paid her a visit. Conveniently, her girlfriend was an editor for a gossip magazine, and they'd been spotlighting the millionaire playboy who just showed up. 
and was sweeping models off their feet. We'd been drinking and my interest in the whole thing was growing as I kept asking questions. They finally asked me why I was so interested and I told them. Somehow my solo mission now belonged to three people. They asked what I had in mind and I told them blackmail. My friend's girlfriend immediately started to draft down the lies we would tell and by the end of the week, Lewis was many things, very few of them good. Now, I could go on to tell you exactly what I said about him, but I don't care about him that much to give him fame. Just trust me when I say it was bad. He lost a few sponsorship and brand deals, but that was about it. He tried to sue the company for defamation, but it became even messier because it belonged to his father's longtime partner who vowed to fish out the criminal. A few people were threatened, but nothing really ended up happening. From what I hear now, my aunt is with some rich dude in Ohio on his farm, and Lewis is in Berlin, probably reinventing his image. I hope he knows now not to double-cross anyone, because you never know who's watching. You get into a relationship with a millionaire playboy, and what do they do? They go and cheat on you? I'm not trying to mock OP, I'm just saying, it doesn't seem like that surprising. Somebody who's 20, 21 years old and has all the money they can spend on whatever they want, How many of those kinds of people tend to be faithful and committed in a relationship? Our next story is Revenge on My First Love. Relationships are a thing of joy, but these days it seems like love is nothing but a missile formed against soft-hearted people. And while I've seen time and time again that good people come in their numbers, but unfortunately the bad ones are much louder about it. I grew up in a very unaffectionate family. Like, everyone was always so closed off to each other and never spoke about anything feelings or otherwise. I was born an anomaly, and everyone knew it pretty soon. As the middle child, they honestly should have expected it. My first memory of my parents being unaffectionate with me was when my mom came to pick me up from kindergarten, and when running to hug her, I fell and scraped my knee. I started to cry and she just stared at me in confusion. I lifted my hands to her and she looked even more confused and slightly disgusted at me. I remember getting up, wiping my eyes, and getting into the back seat without her help. I guess that was just how they raised my two older siblings and they expected the same of me. Both my older brothers were in the back seat and they just laughed at me while I bawled my eyes out as quietly as possible. My mother turned the radio on louder so she wouldn't hear me cry. With my father, it was less of a sob story. It was a Saturday, I was seven and we were gardening together. I got cut by the edge of something rusting in the ground that I hadn't seen and it was a pretty deep gash. I started to scream because blood and he yelled at me to shut up and not wake the neighbors. It was 11am. Even when he took me to the hospital to get the wound stitched and get a tetanus shot, I held out my hand for my dad to hold because, you know, scared child. All he did was look away from me and he eventually walked out of the room. He did get me a lot of snacks on the way back home but that's a core memory I don't think I'll ever forget. Honestly, I don't know why I wasn't more like them, because my older brothers were the worst people in the world. Crying made them even more aggressive, and they only understood by being fought back. I was never a fighter, just a little kid who wanted to be loved. Eventually, my two little siblings were born. I knew how it went with my family and wanted to get them out of the loop as quickly as I could manage, but it was all futile. The twins grew to be the same angry people as our parents and older siblings. I tried my hardest, but they mostly just lost respect for me as the time went on. When I turned 13, I made a wish that my family would love me the way I loved them, but I also realized that they would never do it how I wanted, so I changed. 
Not completely, don't worry, I still love to be shown affection, but I just started to pretend that I didn't. I played their rough little games and hit back when they hit me. As weird as it seemed to me, we started to get along better. I didn't want that to be my life, but I had no choice. I gave it till college and didn't bother with meaningful relationships. I became friends with the superficial, popular crowd, was known as the mean-faced girl, and everyone was scared to speak to me or approach me. Sometimes I would have interactions with people who would be shocked at how nice I could be and I would have to revert to an angry person, telling them to not get used to it or something along the lines of that. I had to pretend to not care for so long that it really started to affect me. It was hard, but I made it through high school with the same reputation. But instead of being relieved, I was sad. So many people I hung out with were remembered for things like their bright smiles and things they did for the school, or the town, or their friends. In order to make myself feel as if I didn't care, I called it respectability politics and laughed at it. Most of my classmates got tons of gifts from other classmates, their favorite teachers, and even friends who weren't graduating. I only got one from my chemistry professor who told me not to be scared of who I was. I was so grateful that I cried in the school bathroom and promised myself that I would figure all of it out once I got to college. I had my admission, a dorm waiting for me, and a whole new life of possibilities. All that was between me and that life was a plane ticket. I was supposed to leave for college at the end of August, but my father got sick and I had to stay back and help look after him. Considering both my older siblings were in college and my mother was working, my younger siblings were in middle school and so I had to stay back. I started to fall sick too and at first, we thought it was a common cold. Just aggressive like the one my dad had. We even joked about how I needed to get all the sickness out before I went to college. But when I didn't get better after two weeks, they took me to the hospital. Turns out, I had cancer the whole time. Yeah, crazy I know. I pushed my admission back a year as I was told that it was a semi-early detection and I would need aggressive chemo to treat it. For 17-year-old me, it was a lot, but I decided to be strong for myself. After all, I needed to get away from my family and so I wouldn't grow into the same aggressive, unaffectionate people they were. I did all the rounds of chemo, forced myself to eat, and gave myself as many pep talks as I could. It took five months, but after all the chemo and eating flavorless hospital food, I rang the bell that said I was cancer-free. I was bald, skinny, and pale as a ghost, but I didn't have cancer anymore. The doctors ordered me to use the rest of the year for recovery, and just when I thought I was all good, the cancer came back. My hair had grown back into a pixie cut, and at size 12, I was one dress size below how I used to be before. If I had an extra three months, I would have gotten back there. I was so hurt and angry at the world that I became hateful and started spitting at everyone who approached me. I was angry and honestly wanted to disappear until I met him. Now, this sounds like the start of some devious horror story and that's what this would have been if I didn't get my revenge on him, but we're going too fast. I met him, let's call him Oliver, and things changed. He was the cutest person and said he found my egghead cute. My family only came to see me once every couple of weeks, so he was my only visitor. It was an accident because he was meant to go to an entirely different ward to see his brother, but missed the way. He said it was because he had dyslexia, but I thought it was fate. His brother was a doctor in the hospital, and he was an artist who dabbled in a few other things. He told me he'd put college on hold for a while and was taking a break, something like a gap year, but in between semesters. 
I understood the putting college on hold thing and somehow that was what sealed his fate as my friend. It was the cutest friendship. He crocheted me things like sweaters, beanies, and blankets and spent hours with me. At first, it was only a day or two a week, but then he started to come frequently. When I asked what school he went to, he refused to tell. We all have our secrets, so I wasn't willing to push or ruin this friendship. I liked it too much. I felt very strongly for Oliver, but I had no one to talk to about it, so I kept to myself, even making a deal that once I got well again, I would be a forward-thinking woman and ask him out on a date. My will to live spiked and I was soon doing good, taking all my meds and getting significant progress reports from the doctor's office. I was proud of myself. When my chemo was over, the doctors offered to discharge me and watch my progress. I was going to tell Oliver about it and invite him to my house, but he never came back. I also never knew his brother's name or what he was a doctor of to ask, so I was left blank. I think the word is ghosted. Oliver ghosted me. I didn't think of it like that though. Honestly, I think everybody that read this story is wanting to know what happened after Oliver ghosted OP. I don't know if they just posted what they had and planned to update it later, but I don't understand how you go from having such a good friendship, visiting them in the hospital all the time, and then just disappearing? Just ghosting them? Was it like they were hoping for more, or did they only take it up as like a charity case, you guys think? I'd like to know what you guys think, or even like ways of revenge against a person who does this. I mean, with the good that they did do, is it worth getting some kind of revenge against them? I'd like to know what you guys think, but with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.